Turn in your Bibles, my dear friends, to Matthew chapter 13, verses 51 and 52. Tonight, let's begin reading in Matthew 13, 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. So shall it be at the end of the world. I think one of the tragedies of life in the church today is that we may believe some of the words of God and Jesus, but we do not believe all of the words of God and Jesus, which is very, very dangerous. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. You need to understand that this is going to really happen. And shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. You need to remember that these are the actual words of Jesus Christ. You see here not only the love of God but the severity of God. Go ahead and remove that. This is the severity of God. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood all these things? They say unto him, Yea, Lord. Then said he unto them, Therefore every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. Holy Father God in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I do pray. I thank you, Lord, for giving me a faith to believe all of your holy word. And I'm thankful, Lord, to you tonight with the help of my youngest son, Daniel Ezekiel, that, Lord, we have a message before us from your holy word that is so important for our day and time because, number one, it is your holy word. Hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Holy Father God, tonight I praise you and I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For we just heard his words and read his words. that you left behind for us. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. I praise you and I thank you tonight for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us. Lord, I thank you tonight for the patience of your people. I praise you, Lord, and I thank you that we are up and live everywhere with a different system for others to gather on where they want to gather on at. And Holy Father God, I praise you and thank you for the millions and the many and the manifold blessings that you bestowed upon us. And Holy Father God, have continued mercy and grace upon your people. Help us never to get proud, help us never to get arrogant, and help us to be honest and real and confess our sins before you, our failures and our weaknesses. And for Jesus Christ's sake, on this Sunday night, please forgive us of our sins, our faults, and our failures. As we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. And Holy Father God, I do pray that you would deliver each and every one of us who name the name of Christ and who are saved and born again, and who are happy about it, joyful about it, cheerful about it, and at peace. Lord, deliver us tonight from temptation, evil, and uh, sin. And grant us, Lord, your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, live right, think right, do right, act right, and do that which is pleasing in your sight no matter how much the devil and the devil's people provoke us. Lord, give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And Holy Father God, I do pray, <clears throat> for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. 
And Lord, I pray that you'll help all of us who are saved and born again <coughs> by your grace. I do pray that you will help us to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and to get back to you, our first love, Lord Jesus Christ. And Holy Father God, we pray tonight for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving. And Lord, thank you for showing to me and revealing to me that there are the reason why people don't get saved is not because you have not done your part. It's not because you have not done what you uh, do. It's because they love darkness rather than light, as Jesus Christ pointed out to us. It's because they love their pride, their stubbornness, their rebelliousness. Uh, they love doing evil. They love trying to hinder your people. They love trying to provoke your people. They get a demonic kick out of it. They love their sin. They love their bad attitudes. They love it. It is not you, Lord. It is them. But sadly, some of us, including myself sometimes, I'm praying to you to save them when I need to be praying that they would humble themselves and uh, be willing to turn from their darkness to the marvelous light and be saved. It is their will. They're the ones that are at fault. Uh, they are comfortable in their sin and evil and wickedness. It's not that you're not reaching out to them. You have done your part and more than your part. It is them. And so, Holy Father God, I pray that they would choose to turn from their wicked ways and that they would choose you, Lord Jesus, and believe in you, even though we know that you're the one working in their hearts as you worked in my heart. And so, Holy Father God, tonight, I pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, the healing of the sick, and the comfort of the grieving and the mourning around the world and in this country and in our communities, in our churches, in our families, and in our lives. And Holy Father God, I pray for the religious and in the church, but are willfully lost. It's not that they're deceived anymore. They know better. I pray that you would have your Holy Ghost to continue not to give them rest. Have your Holy Ghost to convict them of their sins, as I know he is doing. They are resisting you, Lord. They're trying to hold on to their pride and their stubbornness and their rebelliousness. <clears throat> so, Holy Father God, again, I pray for my own wife and family members who are religious but lost. If they were saved, they would have a sweeter spirit, a sweeter attitude. Uh, they would not be uh, so discombobulated and, and uh, evil and fretful and loud and boisterous. 
I pray that you would uh, continue to open their blinded eyes, unstop their deaf ears, and Lord, I pray that if not today, one day they will get saved before they leave here. I pray this for all other families around the world, many in churches, religious but lost. We pray for the irreligious and the people who have not heard the gospel, that your Holy Ghost would continue to work mightily in their lives and draw them to yourself. I marvel at how you do that. And Holy Father God, as you know, this should be a rather short message, but probably uh, one of the most powerful, certainly one of the most needed. as we're being reminded of what you expect of us as Christian disciples. And so, Holy Father God, I pray that you would demonstrate the power of your Holy Spirit. As one man wisely said today, we may be weak, but we, we are still anointed. I like that. And that's all we need is your anointing. We don't need our strength. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us tonight that it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Lord, we may be weak, but we are still anointed. I give you the glory, praise, and honor for that. And Holy Father God, I thank you for your unction and your anointing. And once again, I need all of that from you. And uh, Holy Father God, it is so good to be here tonight. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you so much for the privilege to preach your Holy Gospel earlier today. And uh, Lord, thank you for a great service. And I pray, Lord, tonight you would do what you want done here tonight, as this may be our last night on earth and holy father god i do pray for special protection for uh, us here and our family elsewhere and other places uh, that you would surround us with your protection a band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire for lord you know what's going on and holy father god we pray that for those of us who are saved born again. I pray that, uh, Lord, you would lift our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears from our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our spirits. We cast all care upon you, Lord, for we know that you care for us. Fill us with your peace that pass of all understanding, your joy unspeakable, and Lord, I do, and, you, and Lord, I pray that you would uh, deliver us from all of our tribulations and troubles and trials and temptations and tests and tensions. Deliver us, Lord, from also from all of our uh, afflictions and distresses. Help us to keep our hearts and minds stayed on you. Keep us, Lord, 
in perfect peace. I pray that you'll grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit in this sin-cursed, troubled world. Lord, help us to keep our heart and mind stayed on you and on your purposes and on your mission. And Holy Father God, I pray that you deliver each and every one of us Lord, from all spiritual and mental, physical and emotional, family, financial, uh, student loan debt, student progress problems, Lord, for everybody to be relieved of that, considering the bad situation. And uh, Lord, I do pray that you would help your people to get out of debt completely during this time and to have no house note, to have no car payment as things are ramping up and getting worse and worse and a whole lot of it, Lord, uh, may not come back to what we think is normal. Because of our sins and our foolishness and our persistence in evil and Holy Father God, I pray that you bless in in the midst of wrath and judgment and rebuke and chastisement, and you have already been doing this, I do pray that you would continue to protect millions from a housing crisis, food crisis, medical crisis, and utilities crisis. And Lord God in heaven, we pray that you would bless and protect my family tonight and all other families that name the name of Christ and all other people as you see fit. Protect us, Holy Father God, tonight from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. And Holy Father God, I do pray tonight again that you'd cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias, out of the heart, mind, soul, and spirit of my wife, Marika White. And uh, Lord, I pray the same for all of our family members who have that dreaded problem. And Lord, we pray that you would drive it from their lives and give them sweet victory and give us all sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray. Bless and protect us, Lord, from the demons of hell. Protect us, Lord, from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. And Lord, I pray that you would prepare us for good days and bad days. Prepare us, Lord, for celebrations and tragedies. Prepare us, Lord, for weddings and funerals. Prepare us, Lord, for life and death. Holy Father God, tonight receive all glory to your name. Lift up your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For we're not even worthy to be called by your name. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. There's nothing like cold water in the summertime. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I want to preach in your hearing by the grace of God 
by the grace of God, the discipline, and may I add tonight the obedience that Jesus Christ expects of his disciples, part nine, the Just Jesus Evangelistic Campaign, day 2004. Since January the 20th, 2017. Day 2389, since January the 1st, 2016. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And this is, this is probably to me one of the most powerful, most loaded quotes you'll ever hear regarding whether rubber meets the road uh, as far as being a Christian. He said, faith is only real when there is obedience. Allow me to repeat that in your hearing. This, this, this could be the sermon for you. Some of you will get this, some of you won't. Faith is only real when there is obedience. Take that with you. Beloved, in our last message in this series, the Just Jesus Evangelistic Campaign and what Jesus expects of us as Christian disciples. We saw that as Christ's disciples we must learn the truth. We must learn the truth. We must learn the truth. And may I say to you tonight that the reason why the modern-day church is in the ditch is because we have many uh, groups of Christians who love to learn the truth but not do the truth. You got me? This is the problem, see? Oh, we know the truth that we ought to pray. We know all the ins and outs of prayer. We've had all kinds of studies on prayer. We've had seminars on prayer. We have had prayer symposiums and prayer conferences and prayer uh, meetings of all kinds. Pastors know they should pray, but I know they don't. I know they don't. You say, Preacher, how do you know they don't? Because they told me so. I, and, and God showed me why. Most pastors are multi-gifted. They're the general practitioners of the church. They can almost do everything. And do it well, and do it with ease, and do it while they're walking and talking. Very gifted men. 
By the way, whether you like it or not, there are no female pastors. Nowhere. You can call yourself that. The Catholic Pope can appoint you. Your bishop can appoint you. Just make sure you're not going to bed with them. There's no... And, I, and listen, I love my mother. And I thank God for my mother. But she is not a bishop, an apostle, a pastor, none of that. Nor is my sister a bishop or a pastor. I love them. They could be a prophetess. They can teach other women. But to be over men, that is, in the words of my mother's husband and my sister's father, that is ass backwards. And whatever he did to help them do that, he was wrong too. And he knows that now. He's in heaven. There's no such thing. Women preachers, fine. Women pastors, no. And thank God, however, for women who have uh, prayed and kept the church going. Not as pastor, but being there. And that sort of thing. You say, preach, aren't you worried about people leaving you and not supporting you and not uh, uh, standing with you and not even staying to the end of the service and bother me at all? Because I know I'm right. We have, see, this is the reason why we got so much mess going on in the church, and this is the reason why we are under judgment, rather chastisement and rebuking the church and judgment in the greater world. We are the ones at fault. And let me tell President Biden something. You can go over there and talk to them about the man they killed. They should not have done that. But, I mean, really, as far as I'm concerned, you didn't even say anything about that. Because, see, here's how they're thinking. You got drag queens teaching your children. And reading books to your children. You allow homosexuality in your country. So, see, when people see that, they don't have any respect for you. They want your markets and they want your money. That's it. They don't want to have anything to do with you. Not people like that around the world are like that. And we got that going on in the Christian church. And so these people, Muslims, have lost respect for these sweet evangelicals. Look at me real good. I don't care if you like it or not. That is a fact. They see you as a joke. Ordaining women into the ministry. Ordaining homosexuals into the ministry. They see you as a big joke. And, and an offense to their God. That's, what, that's how they see you. Just like normal people see you as crazy. With you walking hand in hand with a man, a man, a man walking hand in hand with a man and woman, uh, we don't want to be bothered with that. People, normal, regular people, even people who are not saved, they don't want to hire you. They don't want to be bothered with your mess. Dressed in a woman's dress, as a man, 
University of Pennsylvania. See, and I, I want to say something to some of you sweet evangelicals that you have been paid off and some of you sweet charismatics. And you're listening to me. Yeah, you're listening. I know you are. And you're watching. Let me tell you something. They're laughing at you. The powers that be. You have rubbed shoulders with the Illuminati and all of the powers that be who have all the money in the world and they want things to go a certain way. This is a joke that they're playing on you, but it's a serious, serious joke. They want to see how far they can go with you. Bishop, who's been paid off. Pastor, who's been paid off. Seriously. Drag queens dancing with children in a homosexual club. They want to see how far you're going to let them go. They're laughing their heads off at you. All around the world. The church in America and America itself is a laughing stock. You hear me and you hear me well. The powers that be that run the world, they, they did this stuff on purpose. This was all orchestrated. All of this is orchestrated. Teachers. Turning your girls and the boys and your boys and the girls and just today in the news. A so-called transgendered woman impregnated two women in an all-female prison. You see how mixed up that is? You see how messed up that is? Because the discipline that we used to have as disciples of Christ, we don't have anymore. False religions are laughing at us. The powers that be. I don't want to name any names. But I believe it is my opinion that Soros is one of them. He's the one who funded all, all of these homosexual nonprofits to pay you off. That's what I believe, and that's my opinion, allegedly, all of those legal terms, I must say. Anyway, and I know, I know some of you want to hear a nice, sweet, little Christian message. But see, that's the problem. We've been hearing nice, little, sweet Christian messages for years. And somehow God was telling me something is wrong the whole time. Something is wrong. All of these nice, sweet uh, Christian messages and books and movies and everything. And ain't nothing changing. And people behind the scenes are molesting children. Molesting preachers' daughters. God knows who you are. And I want you to understand, vengeance is mine, God said. I will repay you're going to suffer in this life and in the life to come, you low-down devilish dog preacher and singer. You know who you are. Molesting pastors' daughters, paying for their apartments and paying for their cars so that they can be 
raped and used by you. You think nobody knows about you, don't you? Huh? Uh, that's not the case. Uh, everybody understands, however, that vengeance is mine. I will repay. The, the, the best revenge to get on people is to not do anything and let God do what he's going to do. Because God is worse, if you will, when it comes down to vengeance than Chris Pratt in the terminal list. And that's bad. And, uh, and, and Chris Pratt ain't no joke. Okay? But God's vengeance is worse. God can fix you. Do you understand the word fix? Huh? That's old school. That's way back on the dirt roads of James City. When somebody messed with us. And we may not jump you right now. But here's what we will say. Here's what we will say. Uh, I'll fix you. With the, the lip, upper lip, you're going way up. I'll fix you. You know that. And when that lip go up like that, that really means, okay, you better watch out. God will fix you. One joy of the Christian life, my beloved, is the privilege of learning God's truth from God's word. It's a blessing. If you're saved, you, 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 you appreciate it. You love it. But for some reason, God has always fixed my heart to, to not be so concerned about that, but more about the doing. Because that's where he's at. James said, don't be just hearers of the word, but do it. Do it. I like the Nike motto, just do it. Just do it. Dr. Tony Evans, a very meek man, a very loving man, a humble man, uh, a man who does not seek any recognition for the good he does. Now trust me when I tell you, if he helped me, <laughs> I can assure you, he has helped thousands without any recognition, and, he, and we'll try to do it without anybody knowing, including the person who is the recipient. But because I have so much discernment, I, I, God told me who it was. But he said this recently. It doesn't matter how you feel. What matters is what God said. Do you hear me? You hear what the man said? The nice man. The humble man. The meek man. Dr. Tony Evans. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. Just do it. 
what matters is what God said, and you need to do what God said. See, see, and see, this is where many, and he would agree, this is where many people have missed the boat in our modern day Christianity. That somehow we're supposed to be swept along on a flowery bed of ease up to heaven without some decisions being made with the help of God. Allow me to disabuse you of that thinking. Uh-uh. No, no, no. And, 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 and this idea of learning and having a whole bunch of Bible studies and going from meeting to meeting, going from symposium to symposium, going from conference to conference to hear more of the Word, and you're not doing the fundamentals in the Bible. That needs to, that needs to cease, and God already stopped it. Amen, lights. <laughs> Amen, lights. I mean, uh, just meetings and meetings and gatherings and gatherings and all around the world, everybody ripping and running, think you're doing something, and you're not doing a thing because you're not doing what you already know. And the people you're going to go and spend thousands of dollars to go see and preach to them, they're not going to do what you tell them because they're not doing. They're not doing what you told them last year. Do you know one of the greatest uh, blessings in my life uh, when I, I was preaching all around the world? And God showed me that people love to have these meetings so-called revival meetings, evangelistic meetings, and all of that. But these people are not doing what their pastor taught them. And then I had pastors to invite me to come and raise the dead in their churches. I mean, the dead. He was dead, too. The pastor's wife was dead. She didn't even come sometime to the revival meeting, and there was nothing wrong with her. He wanted me to come in and work a miracle, and I'm not a miracle worker. God is. They weren't prayed up. And, uh, but one of the great blessings that God gave me and gave me the mind and the sense to do was to come off the road. I had been on the road for many years. God used the fact that my wife was not up to speed and taking care of our oldest daughter. But I was glad to come off the road because around that same time I saw two things that I knew were not of God. Number one, Pastors and evangelists hustling meetings. Hey, preacher, I'm going to be in town uh, around this time in July or September or whatever. Love to come by and bless your people and all this kind of stuff. I heard this mess over and over again. I didn't do it. I didn't do that. Because that's disgusting to me. You're hustling meetings when people probably don't even need a meeting. You just want a paycheck. You want a love offering. I hated it with a passion. Second, I hated the fact that when I would go to a revival meeting, when I was invited to go and preach, the pastor was not prepared, the pastor's wife was not prepared, 
The family was not prepared. The church folk were not prepared. And in and, and dealing with Bible-believing people, watch this, watch this. Now, they already know the Bible, see? And they're not doing what the Bible says. And the Lord spoke to Moha. These people are already set in their ways. And if I can't move them, you can't move them. I was so relieved to get into my own church pulpit. I was so pleased with that. I had called my preacher friends. I said, man, I, 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 I thank God I have my own pulpit to preach in. And that was an interesting, interesting thing for an evangelist. So I loved it. I loved it. That I didn't have to deal with other people's people. Because they were stiff-necked and hard-headed already. They, 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 they would set the revival meeting and when you got there they would fold their arms and say, Move me if you can. I am an iceberg and you haven't seen nothing yet. Move me if you can, preacher. They didn't want to do anything regarding prayer. They didn't want to do anything regarding the family. And if you don't get those two things taken care of, and people, uh, and, and fallow ground broken up in those two areas right there, prayer, family, soul winning, that stuff, in the first two or three days, you, you, the meeting is shot. The release is not coming. And that's where we are. We got people who love to hear the word, but don't love to do it. I cannot count how many pastors told me their prayer life is not worth anything. Some, a few, with their wives sitting right beside them because the wives knew too. And, and their prayer life weren't, wasn't worth anything either. So we must do, ladies and gentlemen, the truth. Not only learn the truth and hear the truth, we must do the truth. You say, Preach, I heard that you, you know, I heard you say that you and your wife have not had a wonderful, lovey dovey, romantic marriage. No, we have not. Well, why are you still with us? See, that, see, your question is rooted in the American way and not God's way. I'm still married to my wife and with my wife, and she's here right now helping me in the ministry after 34 years. And we're in the empty nest after seven children. Why? Watch this. Get this. And my wife already knows it. Because I fear God. Now I know if you, if you have never been chastised by God and rebuked by God, you may not fear Him. But see, fear is a form of loving God too. And the truth is, I've told God this, I've told people this, and I'm, I don't like to say it. I don't think God is that crazy about me saying it, but I fear God more than I love Him. But I love Him more because I fear Him. And when I have learned about God, God receives that as love, that fear, that healthy fear of Him. See, see, the healthy fear is not that you're scared of God. No, no, no. 
no, 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 no. It's not that. It's that you have a healthy respect for God and fear of God that you're just not going to do stupid things that will uh, offend him or hinder what he wants done on the earth. He's very concerned about that. And so, uh, God told me, I do not want you to divorce your wife. And I will bless you, son, if you stay with your wife. I didn't have any grounds anyway, other than her disobedience and stubbornness and rebelliousness. But biblically, there's no, there's no grounds there. But I will honor you, son. I will bless you. I will open up doors for you. I will do things for you. I'll give you the special blessings and privileges if you just, here's one area I want you to obey me in. Do not get a divorce from your wife. Stay with your wife. If she wants to leave, that's her business. But you do, you, you do your part. He made that very clear to me that... that, that and then I have several preacher friends who were all divorced, one, two, three, or remarried. When I contemplated divorcing my wife, they all told me, basically, the hell you are. That's what, I mean, I'm trying to express to you how uh, frank they were with me. That's, no, no, you're not doing that. Now here they are, they divorced and remarried. But they made it very clear to me. And one or two of them in an angry fashion, one of them in an angry fashion, they got up and got behind, got up and walked from behind the desk. No, you're not. I thought I heard a cuss word from them. I don't know. <laughs> they were, no, uh, I don't want to hear that. Their attitude, I don't want to hear that. So don't even talk to me about that. And one of them explained that it will hinder your ministry. It will. And, and, and I don't care who you are. If you're divorced and remarried and all of that, uh, that that's a, that's, that's, it will hinder your ministry. Whatever you did and whatever you do, it can be done even better and more. I don't fear my wife. Never have. Like some of you men. I don't, I, I don't, fear, I don't fear. This is bad English, but it's true. I don't fear no woman. No Jezebel has ever run me anywhere. My wife included, my mother included, and anybody else. So that's not it. I don't fear her. I fear God. And I love God more than I love her. How about them apples? That's the only reason why I'm here with her. Like you, I would love to get a, a sweet thing about 25, 30 years younger than me. Yeah, I would love it. But see, God is not going to bless that. And, and, and that's just going to be a uh, fainting pleasure for a while. That's it. A fading pleasure. It's nothing. But what God has blessed me with and the privileges he's blessed me with, I fear God too much to do that. I would love in the flesh to give her a writing of divorcement and put her away. 
and get me a new thing. But God does not want me to do that. See, That's the reason why. See, and God wants to get you there to that point where you fear him so much, you respect him so much that you're not going to be doing stupid stuff that's going to offend him and cause him to pull back his blessings off of you and that will hinder the ministry and what he's doing in and through your life and what he wants to do in and through your life. I know that's mind-boggling for some of you people because you don't read the Bible and you don't pray. Here's what you're saying. Shoo. Uh, if she's doing all that and got such a bad attitude and so devilish and hateful and lying and stealing and everything else, uh-uh, I would be gone. I'll give me somebody else. I know. That's the, that's the sweet American way. Now it's the sweet evangelical charismatic way. And there are bishops and pastors who will marry you for the right amount of money. In your sin and foolishness, and it's all going to backfire in your face. Because God does not like ugly. We need to hear the truth, but we need to obey the truth. That's the key. <clears throat> and that's what Bonhoeffer is getting at. True freight, uh, pardon me. True faith in Christ will bring about obedience. And this is what God has shown me, that many people in the church today are not saved. Because once you get saved, that's going to change your behavior. You're going to be very interested as you grow in being obedient to the Lord. Because you know God does not like ugly. And God will give you space to repent. And God will uh, let you judge yourself. But if you don't judge yourself, you will be judged. God will deal with you. He will chastise you. God has his way. And you don't know his way. Our duty as disciples of Jesus Christ does not stop at only learning we must then obey what we have learned. It sounds simple, doesn't it? Yeah, but we need simple now. We don't need complicated. And the Christian life is a simple life. Jesus told his disciples in John 14, 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. Very simple. If you love Jesus, if you love God, you will fear God enough, respect God enough, respect Jesus enough, fear Jesus enough, love Jesus enough to obey him. God is not interested in your being disobedient to him. Not at all. And uh, I don't know where you got it from, but I know who's behind it, the devil. For you people who believe that you can just do anything and everything, you just, you just blessed and highly favored anyhow. I don't know where you people got that from. I can't, even, I can't trace it back other than to hell. That's where you got it from, hell. James 1.22 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. Why? Because when, you, when you're doing that, you're deceiving your own selves. 
It's one thing to be deceived. It's another thing to, to deceive yourself. You're fooling yourself. Those of you who claim to be Christians, you just left church today. You believe that you're blessed and highly favored, but you're shacking up tonight. I'm talking to you. You with Bo Peep right now. You with Sylvia right now. Somebody, Sylvia and Bo Peep, there's somebody you're not married to. Because Bo Peep does not get married at all, nor does Sylvia. Uh, They don't want to get married because they are involved with married people. And they want you to go back to your partner. They want to use you and they want you to go back to your partner. They don't want you like that. And you're on Ashley Madison trying to get with somebody else's, uh, some, other, some other pastor's wife. Because, you know, on Ashley Madison, you know that if you can get with somebody else's wife, that they're not going to tell because you want to keep everything. Uh, good like you have it. You want your paychecks to still come in from the church and so forth. Uh, and pastors uh, uh, who uh, uh, pastors' wives rather who are pa- messing with other women's husbands. You think nobody knows about it but God knows about it. And God has the power to expose everything. You better take advantage of your space to repent. If we only read the Bible and hear the Bible preached, but never obey it, we could very well be deceiving ourselves into thinking that we are true born-again Christians. When in fact, we are unsaved. Dr. Matthew Henry said the most attentive and the most frequent hearing of the Word of God will not avail us anything if we are not doers of it. You can go to church every day of your life and hear the Word. And we do have people who love to hear the Word, but their lives are in shambles because they don't do the Word. They wonder why they're not happy. They wonder why they don't have any joy. They wonder why they're running around bitter and resentful and trying to hinder other people from serving the Lord. They're never content. They're never happy because they're in sin, in disobedience to God's word, thinking that they're saved and they're lost. If we were to hear a sermon every day of the week and an angel from heaven were the preacher, yet if we rested in bare hearing, it would never bring us to heaven. Therefore, it is indispensably necessary that we practice what we hear. And every preacher ought to practice what he preaches. There must be inward practice by meditation and outward practice in true obedience. If you are saved as a husband, guess what you will do? You will love 
your wife, no matter how long you have been married, uh, and no matter how unlovable she is. If you're born again because you have the God kind of love in you. And uh, wife, if you are truly born again and you love Jesus, like you say, and you love God, and you've heard the word, you would submit to you. And this goes for every woman in the church. And all of you women know that I'm right, even though you rebel against it. And see, you freak you freak your husbands out with all that craziness. You don't freak me out with it. You know why? Because I know that you are wired to submit to your husband. It is your pride and rebelliousness that you choose not to submit to your husband. You, you want to act like a wild animal and beat him down and scare the daylights out of him and then get the pastor and the pastor's wife on your side. And whoever else you get on your side and lie on him, say he's a big bad monster, and you're the one who's the big bad monster, the little bad monster, with your rebelliousness and stubbornness and foolishness. See? So you don't you don't you don't freak me out with that craziness, demonic craziness. Oh my wife has tried all that foolishness. And And I didn't let her get away with it. Because deep down, you know, if you're all big and bad, you want to be the man, then you need to go someplace else and be the man. But you can't be the man here. You only have one man here. <laughs> one. And that's me. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord up in here. And if she wanted to, she can certainly leave now. Because uh, God has blessed us to get to the so-called empty nest strand. And I raised my children by myself. Basically, I made her do the dirty work. That was it. And so, uh, as for me and my house, it, may, it makes no difference if it's nine, five, three, two, whatever. See, and I'm not going to let you hinder God's work and God's ministry, and I'm not going to let you hinder my children. Those are two things that I have protected from her. See, and I want to tell you husbands, don't get freaked out at the craziness. And all the women listening to me from Nashville to Orlando to uh, London, uh, to San Diego, all around, you know I'm right. You, you, you know how to act crazy to freak your husband out. And he doesn't want to see you do that, and you do it anyway. You need to stop doing that. If you're born again and saved, all of you women know, and you need to join me instead of joining up with these other devils. You need to join me and say, you're right, preacher. Tell, tell the truth and shame the devil. Don't, don't hook up with the women against me, and you know better. There are young women on TikTok who know better than some of you older women in the church. 
as to how to take care of a man and how to deal with a man. Some of them evidently heard me preaching. I told them, I've told you. A man is very easy to take care of. But the devil will make you make it hard. Nothing, nothing to take care of a man. If you got a man who is 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 uh, needs all of that attention, you I don't know what you have. Uh, but if you take care of a man in certain areas, uh, you're good to go. You're good to go to the mall. You're good to go to shopping. Shopping. You're good to go to uh, drink coffee with your girlfriends. Because if you take care of him, he you know, he's ready for you to go for a while too. So. It's okay. But if you always want to be a um, pain in the neck to him, and you get your kicks off of that, then maybe you're not saved. It is not enough, my beloved, to remember what we hear from the Word and to be able to repeat what we heard from the word and to give testimony to it and commend it and write it out and preserve what we have written. But what crowns the rest is that we be doers, doers, doers of the word, true Christian disciples who have learned obedience through the things that we have suffered. That's how I learned it. I learned it the hard way. I hope you learned it easier than I did, but God had to take me to the woodshed a long time ago, and he, he just made it very clear. My son uh, is going to go my way now. I love you. I'm glad you got saved. I gl- I'm glad you finally accepted my call to preach, but I do want you to understand, I'm the boss here. And I don't need your help. I want you to do what I tell you. And I'll take care of you. And I'll bless you. And that's what he has done over the past 42 years. And he's done it for all Christians who have learned to fear him, to trust him, and to obey him. The true Christian disciplined disciples. And he'll do the same for you. But you've got to make sure your heart is right with him. Let's pray. Holy Father God, we pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for your holy word. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. As for those of us who believe in you and who have trusted in you, those of us who have been saved by your grace. So, Lord, help us to not just be hearers of the word in every area of our lives every day, but doers of your word. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, I pray, and for his sake, amen. Now, beloved, if you are with us tonight and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord, in the free pardon of your sins. Allow me to show you how you can be saved from that awful place called hell. First, please understand, dear friend, that you are a sinner 
as I am. The Pope is. The Dalai Lama is. And even Joel Osteen is. We are all sinners, aren't we? The Bible says so. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then the Bible says the wages of sin is death. We die because of our sins. This is a very serious matter. Let me help you. Do not take death lightly. It is a punishment for our sin. To die after once living on this beautiful ball called earth, that is not only serious, that is frightening. It is horrifying. To go out into the darkness, never to see the light of God again. God wants you to understand that if he will allow you to die because of your sins, and we all must die because the Bible says it is appointed on the man once to die, but after this, the judgment. Please understand that if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered and bled and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God, who died for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day. Uh, God will allow you to go to hell to burn and to be tormented forever for your sins. Now these are, this comes from the words of Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody else in the Bible. And sad to say more than most preachers today. So dear friend, you need to accept the fact that you are on the road to hell. For Jesus Christ preached in one of his most popular sermons on hell. In Mark chapter 9, verses 43 through 48, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, in the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. These are the words 
of none other than Jesus Christ himself. Jesus did not play. Jesus cannot lie. He would not tell you a lie to draw you in and then say, well, you know, there was never hell. I just had to say that. God, God does not do that. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he does not do that because the Bible says they cannot lie. So hell is a real place. Hell is a sad place. Hell is a bad place. Hell is bad news. But I have some good news for you if you want it. Jesus Christ gave this good news. Jesus Christ said these most loving, marvelous, and most important words ever said in the history of the world when he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, perish in hell, but have everlasting life. That means go to heaven, go into the kingdom of God, with God and with Jesus, with the angels, the beautiful uh, New Jerusalem, gold so pure, it is like transparent glass for the divine reset. If you want to be saved from hell and saved to heaven, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shalt be saved. Call on his name, for he said, for the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Believe in your heart right now that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. He paid your sin debt so that you would not have to pay it. Yes, it is a free gift. He was buried and rose on the third day. Believe it. And pray and ask him to come into your heart and to save your soul today. And he will do it. <clears throat> Follow me in prayer. Holy Father God, I know that I am a sinner and that I have and I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight I have broken your Ten Commandments through lying through lusting through stealing through disobedience and disrespect and dishonor of my parents. And uh, taking your holy name in vain. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins, and not only the sins I mentioned, but the other sins, Lord, that you know about that I have committed. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, 
bled and died on the cross for my sins. Lord Jesus Christ, I call on your name. As you said in your word, Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. I believe in you. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and change my life. Help me to truly repent of all of my sins. Help me to turn from my evil lifestyle and to become a true Christian disciple of yours. Fill me with your love for you that I will fear you and obey you for the rest of my life and follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. Was buried and rose on the third day. Uh, dear friend, and you called on his name in prayer and asked him to save you. May I say to you, Dear friend, congratulations, for you have done the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day. This is good news, and it is a free gift. Now, to help you grow in the faith and be the strong Christian that God wants you to be, the strong Christian disciple, read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Go to GospelLightSociety.com, download it free of charge. Also, let us know that you got saved tonight. You can email us at dw 3 gospellightsociety.com and you can uh, email us at whatever email you have on your platform and let us know that you got saved tonight and uh, we will send you some uh, materials to help you to grow in the faith and be the Christ Christian disciple that God wants you to be if you have a prayer request please uh, send that prayer request in as well and we will begin praying for you and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, may God bless you and may God keep you is my prayer. Let's all stand for our closing prayer. Holy Father God, We pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you and we thank you for the reminder from your holy word tonight to those of us who are saved. 
And we thank you, Lord, for your gospel being preached to the world uh, so that they can know how to get saved. We pray tonight that you'll help all of your people to obey you, to not just be hearers of your word, but doers. And Lord, to pray without ceasing throughout this night until we meet again, if it be your will. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friends, pray without ceasing and keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow. Love to me. I don't know.